Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. I say, let's say figuratively, right? A good day in the office. Everybody's on form. They wake up one day and they have a good day where they're motivated, they're buzzing, they're on it, they're constructive. But not many people can sustain that. And that's the difference, yeah? It's, for me to do what I do is not a chore. Some people, it's really painful for them. Dude, this is just wired into my head. So, like, I have to stop myself from working and thinking and strategizing and, and take time away. You know, as opposed to thinking, oh, I need to do this. I need to, I need to be here. I need to work out this deal. I got to work on that. That's not like that for me. It's just all that water. Do you see what I mean? So I have an advantage at the fact that I'm not working at trying to be consistent. It's just absolutely natural, and I think that's just the only difference. I'm not. I'm made of flesh blood. I, I'm not Einstein. My IQ is not crazy. I'm a bit sharp. Yeah. Um. I, I have great instincts, but. I'm just like anybody else, but the consistency is the only difference that separates me. My graduates from my school being Forbes, bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> F- a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop.
right, guys, welcome back. EYL UK edition. This is going to be a very, very special, legendary episode. I got a feeling. Yeah. Anton Dixon Bellot. You got say it. it correctly? Yeah, man. Got it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I got introduced, first of all, shout out to Ashley, um, who actually made the introduction on Instagram. And uh, shout out to everybody in the UK because there's been a lot of that. Like everybody that we've really been meeting have been people that either we just met or we didn't even know. And they'd like make an introduction. They've been very um, yeah. hospitable and very welcoming. So thank Our you. relationships, man. It's all about more than money. For sure. So when she DM'd me, she was telling me, she was like, look, you got to interview this guy. Like, he's like our Tyler Perry here in the UK. And um, so once I did the research and I saw the Forbes articles, and it's very similar. Yeah. Very similar. So a very interesting story really started, started from the bottom. Now you're here. 18 years ago, I think, right? 18 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So he started doing um, music videos. Very, you know, uh, low-budget production music video. Now he's scaled it to not only an eight-figure real estate portfolio, mm-hmm. but a uh, media empire mm-hmm. where he controls the whole supply chain. So the Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry comparison is actually very fitting. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into it. But he literally controls the whole thing. He owns it. So... He actually just brought an estate for, I believe, four million pounds yep. um, on the countryside of England where it's going to be, you can shoot content. Yeah, studio with lots. Something yeah. that we've seen a lake, in Atlanta. I believe a lake. Don't forget the lake. Uh, lots, uh, huge estate, mm-hmm. 52 acres. Yeah, That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. So this is this going to be one of the ones, yeah. man. So first and foremost, thank Wait, you. we forgot one business. We can't forget the, the multi-million dollar Lens production company. Well, I was going to go through all of the businesses. Yeah, we, 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 that's, that's major. That's all part of the supply chain. Yeah, yeah. Um, the value chain, they said. Value chain. Value chain. I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> well, first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me here, man. Yeah. Hold on. Trust me. I said we're going to need horns. Anytime legends walk in, we need horns playing. <laughs> so we should have had some horns playing when you walk you in. You presence is enough, man. <laughs> presence is enough. Trumpets. Um, so let's, let's do this. I want to go through everything, but... Let's talk about your journey from starting doing music videos to progression. Like, how did you actually get into even thinking about film production, filming all of that stuff? You know what? That that's a um, is a that's a, a part of my past. I don't talk about too too much because it's uh, it's kind of so irrelevant now, but was re- so relevant then. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, like back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was part of a grime, you know, grime, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like before drill music, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well before. That's like just after like garage, house and garage, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was part of a grime group uh, where a guy and and myself, who who now actually, funny enough, has gone down the same route in music videos. um, We started a grime group and we made our our own beats and we were the music producers. Some would spit in it as well with rap. And um, then this, this platform came about, which was called Channel U which was the first um, television channel for that played unsigned, uh, like low-budget music videos. So for the first time, you had more than MTV bass, mm. you know, uh, whatever else. So the, 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 they obviously made the barrier to entry a lot lower to allow people like myself, like amateur filmmakers or aspiring amateur filmmakers to come in and try and basically try a thing, bring, like make a, make a video, get it submitted and see if they can get it broadcast. Mm. So um, we, we just spoke about making our own video and we, we made one from our own group, which was only supposed to be for us to make our own content. And um, I remember getting a phone call from uh, one of the channel managers and saying, she's like, hey, Antoine, quick question. 
um, how much did your music video cost and who made it for you? Because I've got a lot of people that are using your video as a reference that, that they want to have their video made. I was like, gosh, we made the video. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. Um, how much do you charge? Because she's thinking that we do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just rappers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm like, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm like, five bills? Like 500 pounds, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay. And then she put us in touch. And obviously at that time, we, everything was for free. We're shooting on a camcorder. Remember like the old yeah, DV yeah, tapes? Yeah, yeah. We're shooting on a camcorder. We're just shooting anywhere, anyhow. This is like runandgun.com, right? <laughs> so um, anyway, we, we, we got linked up with other artists. We're shooting. The budgets went from 500 to 1,000 to 3,000 to 5,000. And, and the rest is basically history, you know? So it was an, it was an accident. Yeah. It was an accident. It was because of music. Mm. So you, you were an artist that just, you know, we're going to do it ourselves and ended up creating a business. Exactly. One, I think and during that process, one of the, the brilliant things I heard is that when you started making the videos, you didn't try to find the top people in the space. You found college students yes. to hire. Yeah, yeah. Which makes perfect sense because those are the people, university here, but those are the people who actually are studying, yeah. but they don't have any money. That's right. And so that they can hone their talents mm-hmm. while getting paid at a low rate for yeah, you, of course. but they can grow with you too. Absolutely. You like went into it with that vision? Like, I, you know what? I'm going that route because I, you were it, studying film. It was circumstantial. So obviously I was like, how can I create this infrastructure? Because remember at the time, I'm not really in the film industry, so I don't know people, you know? And even if you knocked at the doors in those days, there wasn't many of us around. The doors were m- mostly closed. You know, you'd have to write, send an email or pigeon or, or in, in, in those days, like, to try and get on set. And if you do, were lucky enough to get on set, you're taking that rubbish, you know, mm-hmm. like the trash, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know rubbish. Translate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, it, you know, it was a way for me to kind of think off the cuff, you know? And I was like, cool. I'm, we're training to, to do this. People are, are, are half competent. I can give them a platform and experience. I get my own experience. And it was just a match made in heaven. So we, I was basically using university classmates <laughs> as my film crew. You know, it just, it worked. So what point do you scale from the music videos to like producing in the film world? Um, well, in terms of making movies, yeah, I've only just started making films. Mm. So, so music videos just grew from strength to strength at the time. Yeah. We, did, we did the odd TV commercial. Um, but music videos was just my forte. We were just known for making music videos. And, you know, up until... Last year, we shot, we shoot the biggest artists in the country. So, so it went from the, the music videos, and correct me if I'm wrong, after that, it was, okay, rather than going on places and locations, let me find a studio. So at that point, you're looking for places to rent, or you're saying like, okay, you know what, this is costing me too much to go on location, get permits and all that. Let me find a space where we can actually shoot content. Well, well that's fast forward in 10 years, yeah? So before that, I was getting... Uh, I managed to buy my own camera or sell well, uh, part of my own camera because if you remember the red one, if you guys know, the red one camera yeah, was, yeah, yeah. was yeah. revolutionary at the time. When it yeah. came out, it was like magic, right? And um, it was the first time that we could shoot as close to 35 mil film as possible. So I, would, I managed to buy the camera body, which I remember in pounds was like 17,000, just the body, Ooh. yeah? Then yeah. you had the, the rest of the modular equipment. So we're talking about a tasty amount of money you know, to, to create your whole, your whole filming package. So I was able to buy a bit at a time. So I was using profits from my music videos to buy asset after asset, modular after modular, and assemble the kit. And the more kit I can buy, the less I have to cross-hire. 
you see what I mean? Yeah. So then eventually you retain your profit. Mm. So that mm. once you've bought your equipment, your profit becomes profit and doesn't just be, get reinvested into the assets. Yeah. Are you well, with me? Let's get into that because the, the, well, the supply chain. So, all right. So you have, you have East London Studios. That's your studio. Yes. That was founded in 2014. Okay. Then you have Chine House. That's the camera company, right? Cine House. Cine House. That's camera and lighting rental company. Mm-hmm. And then um, Cine's uh, Corpse Optics. Cine Scope Optics. So that's the lens that's manufacturing, the lens manufacturing business, right? And then Mastermind Media. That's the production company. That's the production company. Um, ADP Films Services. services. So, so ADP Film Services is the company that, that is, that's the limited company that Cine House and East London Studios trade under. So, so Sydney House and East London Studios are the trading names, but they're, they're owned by the holding company of ADB Film Services. Mm. So let's go through each one. Which, which like, Can we go through in a, in a time order? Like, Timeline, sure. which, which one started first? Mastermind. Okay. So it was, it was making content. And it, and it was seeing these lines, we call them lines in a budget. We call them lines, right? Uh, when you break down itemized costs. So going through these lines after a few years, I'm like, okay, I'm spending this much on camera. This much on lights, this much on crew, this much on location, whether it be exterior permits, whether it be interior locations or film studio. Mm-hmm. So then you start to realize you're looking at your numbers and you're breaking down your costs. I'm like, okay, this year I've spent 70, 80 K grant thousand in camera, a hundred grand in lighting, 60,000 in locations. So then you just start thinking, if I own that, 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 and that every year, this becomes X. I mean, it's not rocket science, right, you know? Right, right, yeah. um, and every producer at the time must see what I'm seeing because we're all looking at our budgets retrospectively thinking, look at this money that's being spent. Yeah. So for me, from since so 2009 is when I bought, 2010, 2010 is when I bought my red one, you know? And automatically, I'm now saving money on, on the hire. But then what I didn't really expect, I did it so I could just save more money and make more money. I'm getting other filmmakers coming to me to hire my equipment. Mm. Uh. And that's where you, just like the accident of becoming a filmmaker, is now I'm accidentally becoming a facility provider. Because yeah. I was just trying to buy a kit for me so I could retain profit. Yeah, so you had the asset. The camera was the asset yes. that you were trying to obtain. You took the profits from the music video to keep upgrading the asset. Correct. And because of the content you're producing with the asset, people said, can we rent from you? Yep. Which now brings you, which brings in more money. Now you got more money, right? So that that leads to the next company, which is which, which was East London Studios. East London Studios. Because I realized uh, being trying to push Mastermind Media forward, owning these facilities would pr- create good leverage, uh, you know, and, and, and be very palatable for record labels, knowing that they could come and, and get you know what what we call you know like a, like a one stop shop, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Especially when budgets are tight, because back then again. Budgets are, you know, for an up-and-coming artist, they'll give you five to ten. And if you're a known artist, it could be 20. So it's, it's tight, <laughs> super tight. So I'm thinking, how can I still put in high production value but not have to get torn apart by the suppliers who are going to charge me crazy money for equipment, you know? So it was a way, it was kind of like a two-prong attack to create another business and increase the production value for Mastermind Media. And then, okay, so then the East London Studios, then what comes after that? So after East London Studios came Cine House. Because Cine, it, it's pronounced Cine House? Cine House, yeah. Cine House. Because okay. so, again, East London Studios is just a commercial 
film location, mm-hmm. big, a big, big stage, like right? a, a warehouse. Where e- you just exa- exactly, exactly, yeah. Like, you know, but you know, fully converted with rigs, pre-light setups. You know, the White Cove, a blackout studio, all your green rooms up on the mezzanine. It was it was kitted out of a film studio. But again, just like I analyzed the, as a producer, I'm now a film studio owner. I'm seeing all the productions in the country because we were a household studio. Mm-hmm. So all the big production companies are coming in. And I'm seeing what lights they're bringing in. I'm seeing what cameras they're bringing in. I know what their spends are. So now I'm like, okay, I want to own that. Because you ha- as, when you get a budget, you have to spend, I'm going to give you just indicative numbers, yeah? You have to spend £2,000 a day on camera. You have to spend £3,000 a day on lights. And every day or every other day, these production companies are coming in and they're, they're, they're getting it from all, the, all the, the other commercial suppliers. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> you you know what's happening here yeah. so so I, I, just like with the production company i'm like if i own the rental house not only do you pay me for the production for the film studio you now pay me for equipment yeah plus i realized that just selling space wasn't going to make me millions because you can only charge a certain amount of money per day for a film stage but if you now have a camera and lighting list to add to the film studio now my costs well what well, well, i could my expansion is triple it's a triple threat then and if somebody has a big, big job or they have a three or four day shoot, I'm making not just three days studio, I'm making three days studio, three days camera, three days lights. Now the numbers are looking a bit more interesting. Mm. You know? So the process of getting the studio itself, was that funded by the, the profits from the music videos and the rentals together? How, how, did, how did you come up to that? Pro- profit from music videos. So by this time I was flying, I was doing really well in production wise, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, yeah? <laughs> not Hollywood levels, but relatively speaking. Yeah. It was enough to put a deposit down on a lease. Uh, I had a couple of partners at the time. There was a couple of us. Mm. One was a, a, a quite well-known DOP, a black DOP. Um, and another guy was um, a, a guy that was kind of coming out of his career, an older white guy coming out of his career, lovely dude, um, who was, um, had a, a rental house and he was in filmmaking. So we collaborated on the cost and ran the business um, or I ran the business. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> sounds more like it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, we came, we came together on the studio. I think the, the biggest conflict that we had uh, um, retrospectively is the fact that I saw the expansion and I wanted to combine the rental house into the studio, but they were quite focused on just the studio and not really wanting to invest uh, or see the vision for having a rental house. And that's things became a bit conflicted. Yes. And I subsequently bought them out one by one and re- remodeled, re- restructured the business, rebranded Cine House. And then, you know, in that respect, the rest is complete history. Yeah. I mean, we, we haven't talked about that yet when you have partners come together and somebody gets bought out. Obviously, uh, you know, you talk positively about them. How was that process, though, when you saw the vision, but you know they lacked it? It, it, it was um, awkward, for more of a better word. It was awkward because when you're, you know, your friends, yeah. um, peers at the time, and now your business partners, you know, so it becomes very difficult to, when you feel passionately about something and, and knowing that you really want to implement uh, a change and people are not in, aligned with you, it becomes very, very difficult um, because you want to try to, pr- to preserve the business relationship and the friendship, you know, um, well, you should do at least. <laughs> and, and, and that was, that was the, the most challenging thing. Um, the the the, the um, acquisition, the purchase acquisition of the partners wasn't entirely smooth. 
Um, but it was it was for the best. I'm sure all, all agree. All, we're all agreed now. You know, it's for the best. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not sure had we stayed as partners that the business would have become what it is today. Create, I, creative I differences. Creative differences. Lens. So when did this lens manufacturing business come into play? That came in um, again. Not so much an accident, but more opportunistic. So um, I, I used to, as a hobby, rehouse, obviously, because I'm in the film industry, so I understand equipment. I used to rehouse old stills lenses. So rehousing is a term used to... Um, like refurbish? Well, n- not quite. Kind of remanufacture. Okay. So imagine a stills, a, a, a stills lens is like, you know, old vintage still lenses are old. They have different... Um, you know, barrels, they, they, they just look completely different, but the glass is the only thing that you keep, mm-hmm. the actual optics, right? So they strip it down completely and rebuild a whole new lens. So, the new, you know, when you see new film, cam- film lenses now, that's what a, re- a new lens looks like. But back in the day, it was, a, it was just old and vintage, mm-hmm. and it was not compatible to put onto new cameras. It's a major, major process. Yeah. It's rebuilt from scratch, almost. So I was rehousing. I bought a set for myself again, to add to my value chain, to add to my production equipment base. And they had people saying to me, and these lenses are sick. Would you get them from, can I buy some? And at the time there's a two year waiting list, right? Everyone has an opinion when it comes to the foods we eat. This food's good for you. This one's bad for you. This diet works best. But who actually has the right answer? You don't need rules to lose weight. You just need proper information to build smarter, more sustainable habits. Noom is here to change the way we view food by not only looking at what we eat, but also how we eat. Instead of making you feel guilt, Noom empowers you to keep going. Not everyone wants to be on a strict diet, do five days a week at the gym, or have daily smoothies and questionable teas. Noom uses a psychology-based approach to find healthier balance that's more suitable for your life and as a result, more sustainable. Look, Noom has already influenced the way I shop for food, which has not only saved me money, It's also given me a clearer understanding of the foods I'm consuming, which has made me sharper and more energetic. You have to try it out. Look, there are no food restrictions in the program, which makes the process more flexible for your lifestyle. Everybody's journey is different. Noom believes in progress, not perfection. 75% of Noom users finish the program, and more than 60% of users engaged with the program keep the weight off for a year or even more. With Noom, all you need is a daily 10-minute check-in. No grueling early mornings or huge chunks out of your day. Are you ready to start building better habits for healthier, long-term results? Sign up for a Noom trial at Noom.com slash leisure. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash leisure. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. So, and I, and I, I use the best rehousing company in the world at the time, no, no, notably the best rehousing company in the world. Uh, who are based in Leicester over here in England. And um, I ended up selling the set that I kept for myself because I doubled, I doubled up. So I think I purchased the set, purchasing the actual lens glass and remanufacturing cost me 25,000. I resold it for like 47, 48, 50 mm. pounds, right? And I'm like, hey, that's a lot of dough. <laughs> okay. So then did a bit of research, realized what people were shooting with, went, spoke to some uh, rental companies and they said, you know, we all like this particular lens. And I went and stockpiled at the time, five, six, seven sets of lenses. So I went onto eBay, I went onto private dealers. I went, just found, I scoured the internet to get all this glass and hoard it, put in a back order because it was a two year waiting list. So I ordered them one by one sequentially. I pre-sold every set of lenses and I think, at the end, 
I think a few years down the line, I think I turned over about a million pounds, mm-hmm. right? Just and that, this is just as a hobby. It's just for banter, yeah. literally in the background. And and then I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I left it for a bit because the glass became expired because vintage lens lenses the glass runs out because it's not made anymore. And um, yeah, that, that was basically that. And then when I revisited another lens that was more available. I sat down with the man- with the manufacturers, the rehousing specialists, and said, "Guys, I think I want to do this for real now." And they were like, "If I can do that as a hobby and make a million quid, what happens if I do it seriously?" So everybody was all ears. They called a big meeting, big round table, all the corporates, all of the private equity guys. And I sat them down. I gave them my idea and said, "I need you to be my exclusive manufacturer." And here we are. And that, that was the major turning point for me was that capital enabled me to make serious moves. So they, they made an investment in you? No, 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 no. Okay. I, no. The investment was them giving me an exclusivity arrangement where they can only manufacture these lenses for me and my company. That was the deal. How long was the they process? Had to, they had to X everybody out in the world. Wow. How long was the process of actually making the lens? Um, it can take about three weeks to make a set. Yeah. Of lenses, maybe a week to make one lens. They have to strip it down. They have, they have all these elements that have to be custom made, built back, measure the focus, engrave the lenses. There's a, it's a big process, and it's very, very costly. So, you got the whole thing. So you, you actually, you have the production studio. Then you actually have the camera company. You have the lens company. Um, this is all happening step by step, and you're just realizing, but. Before you know it, you created your own ecosystem. Yes. All self-funded. Yes, correct. So the idea is the all-money-in strategy where you just you take profit and just reinvest it. Correct. Did you ever take any outside funding? No. No, no. Not, not at the time. Like, like now, you finance um, rental equipment with, with what I think called asset finance. So you asset finance your, all of your lenses because when you're spending 140000 on a set of lenses, like, for example... Cine House owns a set of Cook anamorphic lenses for cost 140k pounds. Like you're not spending that out of cash because it, it doesn't make sense. Like now, where I've become more financially literate, I understand about leverage. So talk about that. The asset financing. What, what's that? So, so when you get to a certain point and you and your accounts are sustainable, you use finance companies to to buy equipment and then you pay it like a mortgage. Okay. Like it's a lot shorter term. It's like three to five years. Okay. Like you need big healthy accounts in order to justify the spend and the recoupability. So it's a, it's a loan. That's years later. It's, it's a loan to buy assets for your business. Exactly. Is, are the interest rates higher because the term is so short? Or how is that? Uh, not the interest rates, exactly. The payments are expensive because you're, co- you're consolidating your repayment, your capital repayment. Yeah. So with a mortgage, for example, you have, let's say even, the, uh, let's give it like for like example, £140,000 apartment, to a £140,000 set of lenses, where your apartment would be over a 25 or 30-year mortgage term, right. whereas your lenses would be over four, four to five years. So you consolidate your repayment, which makes your payments monthly so much more expensive, mm-hmm. which means that your, your viability financially proof has to be a lot higher to be able to aff- prove affordability. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's quite complicated. It's not straightforward. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. £140,000. So what type of clients are rented? Are these like big movie houses? Like who, who's the client uh, profile that, that, that's taking that type of investment? 
for for for, 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 for asset finance. Well, for those type of lenses, right? You said one hundred and forty thousand. Oh, oh, um, our clients would be any production companies that are that are you know shooting serious productions. So Ozark was a client, right? Oh, well, well Ozark was was a client, um, or the production team from Ozark bought a set of my Cinescope lenses. So that's not through Cine House. They actually bought a set. They liked the look of the of that particular lens mm-hmm. and the rebuild quality of that particular brand, which was my brand. And I got contacted by the, the, the DOP. It said, look, we've got season three starting in like six weeks. I need you to fast track me a set. And I'm like, hey, I watched that show. Let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out you to know? Marty. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, shout out oh, to Marty. So at one point, all right, so we... This is all amazing, by the way. So, what point? Do you, so, another play is the real estate play. Mm-hmm. You've actually become a very, you know, healthy real estate owner, owner in England. So, where does this tie in? Tie as far as are you, as you're doing all this and, you, and you, you're getting all these businesses, at what point do you say, okay, now it's not actually just a business play; it's a real estate play as well. Sure. Well, funny enough, I was quite inspired. Um, I've not told this story, right? I, I was quite inspired by real estate as a, almost like a fallback. Obviously, we all have passive income. We all have appreciating assets, of course. But CityScope, for me, was almost too good to be true. I'm like, I've never made so much money mm-hmm. so easily in my whole legal, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, this is crazy. And, but because I understand that we're rehousing vintage glass, like I said, vintage glass will run out. When vintage glass runs out, I have no product. So I'm sitting there thinking, right, I've got about five to seven years to maybe turn over 10 million or something, whatever, right? Cool. But what happens when it stops? So I'm like, okay, everything else is running and, and businesses are doing well, but I'm just thinking of, of an exit. So every single profit that was made from Cinescope, and I mean, I didn't even buy a toothbrush, bro. Like every single piece of profit from that particular business purchased real estate. It was, that was the absolute plan because I wanted to compound the profits. So obviously, as you know about, uh, you know, appreciation, capital mm-hmm. appreciation, I'm like, if I'm going to put in 5 million of my own money in 10 years on 2%, that's going to be X. You see what I mean? So I'm sitting there thinking, so one day Cinescope's going to stop because I'm going to run out of glass. I need to be good. I mean, good, good. Mm-hmm. So that was basically the, 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 the reason why I, I entered the, the property market so aggressively because it was aggressive. I went from a Three hundred thousand pound portfolio to fifteen million in four and a half years. Wow! You know, what, what type of properties were you looking at initially? Um, just what I could afford. So it was just like uh, one bedroom apartments or like a normal small three bedroom terrace house. Just you know, family properties. It was just entry level, you know, because that's what all I could afford at the time. Um, and then I started understanding um, that the, the the advantages of buying blocks of flats, you know, and from a maintenance standpoint, from a, uh, just a being practical, rather than having properties dotted all around the country, yeah. I've got a block of 12 and a block of 10. Now, now it, it makes the, the, the workflow and the infrastructure a lot more simple to maintain. So then I started buying blocks of flats. So blocks, for anybody in America doesn't know a flat is an apartment. And so, so you're buying like the whole block. Correct. And are you looking at areas specific? Like, are you looking at areas that's about to get gentrified, areas in the hood? Like, what's your strategy where it's like, all right, this is a place where I want to invest in? It was highly high-yielding areas. So I have different strategies. So, for example, if I'm buying an already-made block, 
I'm going to buy it probably out of London. Not too far. We're talking like 45 minutes to an hour out of London because the yields are higher. In the, the suburbs. Like. In, in, yeah. So, so, the, so the appreciation is less, but the yield is higher, right? That's the rental return. Whereas in London, you have a lower yield and a higher appreciation in value. So you, you have to work it out like this. Um, you know, one of the latest things I've done, I've just done a Victorian, four, a four-story Victorian house conversion into a block of apartments in London, in Greenwich actually. But I've done that to build, I would never try to buy it because the value has been taken already. Um, I, I am, if I purchase a ready-made block, in like a conversion block, I am the exit for the developer. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. So, so I will do that myself. So I was buying houses with planning permission, converting them into apartments, remortgaging them. All the money comes back. We go again. We go again. We go again. Did you, did you take that same approach that you did with, obviously, the production team where it was like, all right, I see the cameras. I know how much it costs to rent that and flip it into your real estate portfolio was like, well, this is how much it costs for construction. I need to become a construction team. Is that, did you take that approach too? Accidentally. <laughs> you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> although, a lot of accidents. Yeah. <laughs> you know, although, although I don't have an official construction team, yeah. I've got about five guys, five multi-traders. So multi-traders means guys that can do plumbing, carpentry, electrics, plastering. Yeah. Uh, so um, I've got five guys on the books for my property company, ADB Investment, um, because obviously when you do day work and you plan it properly, you're saving, you can save 40% if you were to do price work. So price work is builders come in, scratch their head, and they tell you a price for what they, the, 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 the job's going to be. But believe me, there's lots of markup in that profit, markup profit. Yeah, So yeah. it could be 30, 40, 50%. But if I'm controlling the, 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 the uh, contractors or the, sub, the subbies, subcontractors, then all that profit goes back to me because I'm only paying the day rate. But I have to know what I'm doing. So I had to become very savvy very quickly so I could direct these builders to get them to do the work that needed to be done. Are you with me? Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's, it's... So when you talk about um, remortgaging, that's kind of like we call in the States uh, refinancing. Correct. So you, you buy, so it's very similar. In, like you buy a home. You're buying it through the mortgage? Yep, yep. Sometimes. Or sometimes you buy cash? Sometimes, yeah. All right, so you get a home, mortgage. Any special type of mortgage or you just do traditional mortgage? I do traditional mortgages, um, which is a residential mortgage or a buy-to-let mortgage. Um, A buy-to-what? Buy-to-let. What's that? So if you're buying it to rent out, you have to declare that, which means you pay a higher interest rate and you also have to pay a higher deposit. Like investment property. If it's an investment property. Precisely. So over here, investment properties start at a 25% deposit. Down yeah. payment, twenty five percent down, down payment. payment. Yeah, similar, and, yeah. and, a, and a higher interest rate. Yeah, yeah. What's, the, what's the interest rate? It, it varies. Okay. It can vary from two percent to three and a half percent if you go through traditional mortgages. Right. That's without bridging and other stuff, which is another ball game. But in terms of that, you're looking at around two to three and a half percent for for an investment property. Is it the same fifteen, thirty year? In terms of length of, of the mortgage, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can you can ask for whatever term you want, up to thirty years, depending on your age. Okay, basically. But again, it doesn't really make a difference on an interest-only mortgage because you're only going to pay the interest anyway, which means you'd have to have another exit when you expire your mortgage. Whereas of a repayment mortgage, capital repayment, you are bringing the, the the debt down. So at the end of that term, you will own it outright if you don't refinance. So your strategy is find blocks of flat in suburban areas outside the city, uh, purchase it, do some rehabbing, and then uh, refinance mm-hmm. once the property has appreciated, because once you do the, the 
uh, rehabs and it's going to go up in value. Yep. You refinance, take that money out and then rinse and repeat and then buy some more real estate. That's one strategy. There's around four. But that, that's one strategy. Another strategy is, is uh, renewing leases. So when you buy an apartment block with low lease, um, the, lease the, the property is really, really uh, devalued because you have to have over here, I think it's above 70-something years, 72, I don't know, 70-odd years needs to be le- a lease on the apartment in order for it to be mortgageable. If it's under that amount of time, a certain number, you, can't, you have to buy it in cash, which means you, you, it's devalued. So what I would do is I'll go and buy a flat in cash, go and speak to the freeholder, put an extended lease on it. A standard lease here is 99 years or, or be 125, but 99 years is standard for 99? 99-year lease, yeah. That's if you buy a leasehold property, not a freehold property. Right? 99 years. Yes. Oh, explain it. What's a leasehold versus a... So, so, so a leasehold is basically you have a license to, to own that house for a certain amount of time. So okay. every apartment will be a leasehold. You cannot buy a freehold unless you own the freehold of the, the block, of the building. Okay, so mm. a free, freehold is when you, you own it free and clear. Well, you, 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 own, you own the land. You own the land and the entire dwelling. You don't just own that area, the, the, the apartment. Are you with me? You can't buy a freehold. If you if you um, are buying an apartment, unless you have a share of freehold, which is I don't see the point because you can't do what you want. Like so, a co-op. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, like, like, like a co-op. Sure, yeah. a share of yes. freehold, like a, co- yeah. a collective of people. Yes, yes. So okay, so but it's not worth much so because you, you can't just buy a flat. You have to buy the whole entire land, building everything. Who me? You mean no? Me or just person? in general. Uh, no, freehold. No, uh, if, if it's, you can buy a leasehold flat, people don't sell the freeholds because, okay. for example, the reason why is that if you've got a block of, say, 30 apartments, mm-hmm. everybody's purchased an apartment, which means that you only sell off that area. So every, so when you have an apartment block, you have what's called a title, right? Um, so everybody has their own title for each apartment, which means you buy that title, so you buy that apartment block. And that just means that that's your property. You have to pay service charge to the freeholder. Mm-hmm. So who's going to clean the communal areas? Who's going to yeah. sort out the, 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 the rubbish uh, area outside and all these things? Maintenance. So the freeholder takes care of that because an apart- a person that owns an apartment can't take care of all of the areas that yeah, service yeah. that block, right, right. which is the reason why you only have a leasehold. Yeah, so okay. This sounds like co-ops. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah, like, 90, so, 90, so 99 years. 99 years. So if, if, if a property is under 70 years, you can't get a mortgage on it. At all. You have to buy it in cash, or, or it might be 67 years. I'm not too sure, but you, you have to buy it in cash, or you have to get a, uh, renew the lease. Renewing the lease could cost you £25,000 to renew the lease, back up to 99 years. Then you can get a mortgage on it, but then the value increases crazy, right? So I will buy an apartment with a low lease. I'll go on an auction, and it says low lease apartment. So if something's worth for it, I'll give, it, I'll give an example, right? I bought a flat. This is my first low lease purchase a few years ago. No, uh, quite a few years ago. So the value of it was 140,000. It was a one bedroom flat in Kent, 140,000. I purchased it for 67,000 on an auction because it was run down. So that brings the value down already. Run down meaning it was like distressed, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. And the lease was like 50 years. So I've spent 10,000 pounds on a renovation. I have spent 22,000 on a, on a 99 year lease extension. So now I'm in for like 80 odd, 85,000 or so. And then I remortgaged a 75% loan to value on 140,000. 
right? Gotcha. So then I got back every single penny, got paid on top, still had 25% equity in the property, and now I have a cash flow and asset. Basically, it's a free flat, and I'm paid to take it. So when you extend, you, see, you see the play? Yeah, yeah, for sure. When you extended the lease, obviously you said it was a low lease, so it was 50 years. Are you extending it just so it gets to the, to the 99? Or are you like, I'm going to extend it for 49 years? Uh, uh, oh, so... so you, you have your, your solicitor lets you know what the cost will be, but it, I think I believe the closer it is to ninety nine years, the cheaper it is, um, basically. Yeah. Uh, but you need to get above that threshold so you can mortgage it. So I could not get a mortgage until I was above that threshold. Got you right. And you speak to before you purchase. I advise people speak to your free, speak to the freeholder first. Work out your numbers. Make sure you can get through to the freeholder because if you buy a property and you can't get through to the freeholder, how can you increase the lease? Then you have to go to court, and there's a mandatory process that gets your lease extended automatically, but that takes some time. So for anyone out there that's trying to copy that particular strategy that I explained, make sure you speak to your freeholder and and make sure they're contactable to negotiate your lease before purchase. Then you've got your exit quicker. Whole lot of game. That's a lot of game. What's the other one, as you said? Um, Just buying down distressed properties. Like, for example, the £4 million country estate I bought is it I mean that was like Black Friday. Like I saw when I saw the acres, I don't know exactly where it is, but I know obviously, you know, the UK real estate is expensive. Yes. So I'm like four million. That seems like it's kinda it could be kinda cheap. It was yeah the, the main mansion was very distressed, very outdated. Um and it's currently undergoing a two million pound renovation in extension. I'm adding an east and west wing to it. I'm adding uh, rooftop terraces. So when you come out the bedrooms, the French doors go out onto rooftop terraces. The main swimming pool building is now being connected to the main house. I'm refurbing all the 14 outbuildings, adding a second private road, uh, adding serious infrastructure, you know, and I'll probably get an £8 million valuation once I'm finished. And so what's and the- that's, that's going to be all done within a year. In a year. I- I'm nine months in. And the play with that is to have that as kind of like your headquarters for content? Correct. So it will be a hospitality venue. Um, it like an event space. Event space, yeah. yeah. So events, hospitality, uh, galas, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be, be an HQ for me. But also, because of the vast space, it will be, I want to do it, uh, you know, be like a filming village. Yeah. So on some of the fields and a lot of the acres at the back, I want to be building some big stages. Yeah. Uh, so you can actually do like East London Studios times 20, yeah. you know, all the big massive stages. You've got back lot for days. You know, you can shoot... Saving Private Ryan to, yeah. you know, Game of Thrones, you know, with the fields. So on, on the 52 acres, we're talking about, like, lots similar. Like we said with Tyler Perry, where he has the studios and there's a bunch of lots and they can shoot shows on it. Mm-hmm. But not only can you shoot your own shows, but production companies can come in and rent uh, the space This now. will be a commercial. Again. This will be a commercial location, for sure. Right. So, like, companies uh, like Viacom could say, all yes. right, we want to shoot the show on lot number 12. We want to be there for, for two years or whatever, you know? Or you have like a period drama, TV period drama that yeah. wants that. It's a Georgian mansion, so it's very, like, palacey, you know? And they might say, right, we want to shoot a, a, a season of, I don't know, Bridgerton or something, which, you know, for the next 12 months. Cool, take that then, you know? Yeah. So it, it, will, it will be that, but obviously there's a, there's a lot of red tape in these areas, so it's a stage-by-stage process. For now, it's renovate the, the property, the main property, because that's what I do as a developer. Yeah. I'll get probably every penny back, yeah? Is, and it'll be an in and out for me. And then, um, then, then, then I'll put the rest of the money into making the rest of the infrastructure around the lands. But we're shooting there already, so it's, things are happening. When you say you get every penny out on a refi? Absolutely. 
What do you call a refi again? Uh, remortgage. Remortgage. That's the same thing. Okay. Exactly the same thing. When you, when you said that, uh, obviously, it costs you four, by the time you finish renovating, it's going to be an $8 million valuation. Is that with the lots already built? or No, 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 no. Because no, like, no. when the lots get built, yeah, now that's, we're talking, that's another thing. We're talking maybe 30, 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just talking about what's there. Right sure. now, yeah, 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 right now. What's the what's what's that like? What's the cost to to build an actual lot? Like we see them, we we travel to LA a bunch of times, and we see the size, the massive like amount of production that goes into just one lot. Mm-hmm. How much would it like on average? You think that that's going to cost and probably put like eight lots? It's it's it's, it's millions. It's telephone numbers for sure. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You know, that's a fact. Um, so. All right. Now you have this vision. What's the plan to actually implement? Because I'm assuming it's going to like a lot of staff. You got to have like security. You got to have like it's a whole operation. For this. So you have that plan in place yet already? Semi, semi. Okay. So, so, so as I said, it's in stages because right now there's a huge mortgage on, on, on this estate and the maintenance costs. I mean, you, little things you don't think about mm-hmm. because it's so green. It's in the country. My gardening costs, man, are like for gardeners, yeah, is just, it's unprecedented. It's thousands and thousands of pounds a month just for my gardeners. Mm. And there's no value in that. <laughs> I'm just keeping the place from overgrowing, you know. <laughs> my tree surgeon cutting down trees, branches, bro, it's just mad. <laughs> it's, That's like we interviewed. So it's our- a write-off. The money is gone. So it's like, it's like, get this place up and running quick. Get that money back. Get some primary projects in there. Then at the, while that's happening, I can be somewhere else in some other acres building the lots, yeah. you know, and that stuff can be running over there. So it doesn't interfere. You said, you said those things are write-offs? Because um, obviously, is it your, it's not your primary residence. No. Oh, it's a studio. So, so it's just a studio. But I mean, he has the mansion part of it. Yeah. So it's, all these things, the gardening, they're going to be write-offs on to, on, from the property. Yeah, of course. But when I, when I say write-off, there's two write-offs. There's, there's tax write-off, but I mean write-off as in the money is not an investment. It's not recoupable, okay, okay, is gotcha. what I mean, as a running cost. Okay. But of course, that will also be written off, <laughs> in that sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So what made you pick that? How far is the town from like here? Like um, From that area, it's about an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and 25 minutes. It's not crazy. So what, what made you... You just see something online where it's like, oh, that's a cheap property. Let me just get it. Yeah, because I'm always looking for where I can add value and 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 and, and, and recoup, you know, re, uh, to, to re-exit the money. And that was an opportunity. But at the same time, I had my eye on an expansion. I mean, I'm like, okay, I'm doing well, but how do I do better in terms of the film industry? And this is an opportunity, you know, um, for me to go into also my next uh, venture, which is actually finally making feature films, you know, finally. So, so... It, well, I had my eye slightly from a property hat on and also a film industry hat, and they just married perfectly for this particular acquisition. So you're going into the movie industry. Um, how has it been? Like, have you made relationships with like uh, people in the music, um, in the movie business here in London? Is it like a, a old boys club? Like, how has that been as far as you moving in from the music side? Yeah to the movies have you been welcomed like how's your transition going i, I think um um, um with, with regards to the higher end of the film industry period and that when i say higher end it's only we're only really talking about commercials and movies right mm-hmm. it's definitely old, old boys club and it's controlled by a p- particular type right 
politically correct I like yeah. that I, and um, you know I, I, I'm not looking to be accepted which is the reason why I'm just doing me I'm thing. creating my op- own opportunities because I'd be old and grey still <laughs> making tea if I was trying to get into that side of, 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 the, of things looking for an opportunity you know so um, it, it's, it's tough it's, it's, it's tough and that's why you know the movie that well, my first movie that I'm creating now is, is done funded by you know myself and a partner of mine so we're doing this ourselves um we're not looking for funding this is, that's always quite difficult you know yeah i guess on the other end of it would be obviously you're trailblazing so are you seeing especially young young uh people of color are they following in your footsteps are you mentoring them do you see them now becoming the place for you're going to be becoming the place where they can actually develop their ideas and develop the production for some of the shows that, that they have. Sure. Well, well I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to hope that they're using me and my example uh, to give them some faith that the doors that they're knocking on that aren't opening, there's still a way in, mm-hmm. you know? Um, a lot of people have made a lot of contact with me, especially with a lot of my recent publications uh, that have gone on internationally. A lot of people are contacting me, if, you know, young black males, to be uh, particular, to be uh, as an example, and they're like, hey, man, like, I've received some messages like, dude, I was about to move into some some really uncanny activities, you know? <laughs> because, <laughs> because, <laughs> Shout because, out to the X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> uncanny, I like the X-Men you know, out here. You know, because, because they're like, this, this is not working for me. Yeah. And then they're like, but I've seen what you're doing. And I'm like, bro, like, you look like me. So I'm going to stick at this. And that just gives me so much joy, man. Like the amount of messages and people are cheering me on. And, and, and I, likewise, I'm just answering questions, man. Like I spend most of the time in my DMs and, and that's, it's, it's, it's almost a bit painstaking because I can't get no work done because I'm constantly messaging people. But I want to do it because I, I feel I put myself out here. I need to so now, if I'm going to be a beacon, I need, to, I need to keep it going. So I'm always asking people about what they're doing and giving them advice. And people are asking me every type of question you could imagine, you know, and I'm doing my best to answer and be encouraging. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't want to feel like I'm, um, I'm um, not accessible. Do you see what I mean? There has to be a reason how that happens within reason, but I'm trying to give advice and mentor uh, uh, within reason. At some stage I'll do a mentoring program that needs to be coordinated properly because there is a lot of people that reach out um, and it's overwhelming. So I, I'm, I'm in the process of constructing some type of mentoring program that might probably kick off at the end of the year. It needs to be a proper program. Um, but for now, man, um, people hit me up in my DMs. I'm, I'm always there to give advice, to give opportunities if I can. Um, obviously, bearing in mind our industry in the film is quite a skilled sector. So you have to actually know what you're doing unless you want to come and be a runner. And not everybody wants to do that, you know. I still think it's a good idea to do that, but some people, you know, egos, pride. pride, they're not on it. So not as many people are coming through my doors as I would have hoped, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things. So we're hot, cause, all right, you, you learned a lot on the fly, I'm assuming, as far as, you know, doing the music side, videos, and then, you know, having the cameras, and then the real estate is this all self-taught or did you have a mentor? Like, how did you learn? I didn't have a mentor. So you I, just I figured saw. it out as you, as you go? I figured it out. Like, this is a good idea. Let me just dive in to learn as much as I possibly can about it. A, a lot of it is instincts. Um, I would say a lot of people ask me, and why you? Like, 
how did you become this person? How did you achieve so much? You're one human, one guy, a black guy, let's call it out, in a country that isn't designed for us to elevate. Mm. That's the facts. Let's just call a spade a spade, right? Um, but what I think separates me is consistency. Everybody has a good day, at, 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 I say, let's say figuratively, right? A good day in the office. Everybody's on form. They wake up one day and they have a good day where they're motivated, they're buzzing, they're on it, they're constructive. But not many people can sustain that. And that's the difference, yeah? It's, for me to do what I do is not a chore. Some people, it's really painful for them. Dude, this is just wired into my head. So, like, I have to stop myself from working and thinking and strategizing and, and take time away, you know, as opposed to thinking, oh, I need to do this, I need to, I need to be here, I need to work out this deal, I've got to work on that. That's not like that for me. It's just all that water. Do you see what I mean? So I have an advantage at the fact that I'm not working at trying to be consistent. It's just absolutely natural. And I think that's just the only difference. I'm not, I'm made of flesh blood. I, I'm not Einstein. My IQ is not crazy. I'm a bit sharp. Yeah. Um, I, I have great instincts, but I'm just like anybody else. But the consistency is the only difference that separates me. Most people. You know? that's I say that all the time. That's <laughs> the, people ask me all the time, like, what's the, what's the number one thing I could do? And I say, for us, originality and consistency. Originality and consistency. That's the two biggest pillars that I always say all the time. Like, you have to be original, you have to be creative, but you have to be consistent. And consistency is the, probably the most underrated trait in Absolutely. business. People don't understand how difficult it is to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, just to do one thing every single day for five years. Yes. It's not easy. It's not easy. You said that, obviously, you're in a country that is not meant to have black males elevate. Or black people, black period. people, period, like in general, right? So I'm wondering, when you're making films and you're making, who is the audience, right? Is it are we specifically looking for black men and women, or are we trying to get an international feel to it? Because there's got to be a balance between, you know, making it as a worldwide piece and trying to have an authentic London England feel to it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so how do you do that? I, I can answer that question quite quite simply. I'm not trying to make black films. I'm trying to make good films, mm. right? Um, however, what I will champion, and I'll say this straight on camera, I will make sure that we have black uh, 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 cast representation, black crew representation, and that I don't close the doors on certain people that didn't know were open. Yeah, and that's, that's the difference. You know, that's what I would do. because, And definitely international films, for sure. I'm not trying to pigeonhole or make something London-centric at all. I want an international mo- movies moving forward that are good movies, but I'm going to make sure that the doors that are closed on, on our people, and there's a lot of them, and I've been one of those guys, I was, just, I was just hard enough to kick through the door. A lot of people aren't built that, that way, and they just, they just become depressed or they, they lower their self-esteem uh, or they, they keep us doing these little baby projects and keep us busy, you know, like worker bees, mm-hmm. which is not, not, it's not cool. So... I'm just trying to make sure that I can have that through my platform. I can say, right, okay, let me give this black female lead the cast because because uh, uh, she, she she's the best person for the job. Let me give this black gaffer or this black art art director. Like that's something that w- we will do moving forward to just help be another uh, avenue for these people to have their platform and for them to shine, get paid, continue their career, evolve. Yeah, you know? that's I mean, there's, there's certain shows that we watched growing up. Um, I mean, they, they're, they're global. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, what were those type of shows or maybe movies that inspired you? 
Oh my god. Uh, do you know what? I like all types of films. You know, like mm. I'm not. Um, I'm not really into like romantic comedies. <laughs> like I like I like action films. If you talk about what I watched growing up, it's not really relevant to this. But remember those old Shaolin movies where the dubbing, the voiceover no. was just crazy. <laughs> the Wu Tang, yeah, like <laughs> man, I just love that. But that's what we're talking when I was a kid, yeah. you know. And obviously, all, all the old Hollywood films. Like, I'm an '80s baby, so um, I think it was, his birth, it was your birthday, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was on the 22nd, oh, so yeah? I'm two, 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 two okay. this year. Come Pisces. on, <laughs> Pisces, Pisces, yeah, yeah, man. We all Pisces. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're Pisces as well. Th- uh, Thursday. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. happy free, happy free birthday. Pisces game. Yeah, man. I, I know. It's the Pisces couch over here. So, so, all right. How do you see? Like, what's your ten year? plan like how do you see yourself in five ten years like what what would you like to accomplish or how would you like to scale up good question (laughs) (laughs) good question um i'll I'll just i'll just say more man more like that's just been the mindset since the first property the first company Mm -hmm. you know more but healthy growth and and just being inclusive and making sure that I, i understand that I feel like I have a responsibility now to help um, everybody, you know, come up and, uh, and help help uh, people avoid mistakes that I had to make. Because remember, I didn't have a mentor. So I made a lot of mistakes. My life, It's not all been smooth. Like, yeah, I'm at the top of, of, of a mountain smiling and waving, but it weren't just like that. There was this, right? And that's something that I don't talk about. And at one stage, one day I will probably go into more detail about what, what that was. Mm. But um, it's been up and down, man. So it's like I want to be a, be a person, an advocate for for people that are struggling to achieve their goals. Um, be, be, be a platform that people can can learn from, um, and be inclusive in in terms of the film industry. I'd like to help a lot more um, ethnic minorities um, in not having to go through a lot of the things I went through. You know, I had to do it myself, mm. and. We shouldn't have to be in an industry where the only way for you to get an opportunity is for you to do it yourself. Like you should be in an industry that is a bit more of a fair playing field where you can get an opportunity because you're great, not because you fit in or you look right. Mm. Do you understand? So I want to try to change that. Um, in terms of property, man, I've got a goal. I, I, you know, I, I, I want to get to 100 million portfolio. That's my number in my head. So you with know. the real estate, going back to real estate, is a scaling model to get bigger, like buildings next? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, um, I complete on a deal in April um, for a, a, a ground zero project. So from complete scratch, knocking down an old warehouse and building a, a set of luxury apartments. So it will probably it will just be more more of that, you know. Where's, where are you going to do that? At? Essex as well, but a bit closer to London. Okay, a bit closer to London. Um, how, how how many apartments? Oh, 20. 20. Yeah. Okay. What are you going to name the building? Pardon? What are you going to name the building? Probably after one of my daughters. Okay. Mm. Real talk. Yeah. yeah. That's for another, another one of our... You know DJ Envy? The Breakfast Club? Uh, yeah. Not personally, but yeah. yeah but of course. You know who he is, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's in real estate heavy and his partner, Caesar. Uh, so they developed like a big project and that's he named he named it after his daughter. Oh, wow. It's yeah. amazing, man. Yeah. That's some stuff, yeah. So on the, on the developmental side for real estate... Um, What's the process for that out here? Is it like uh, a little bit harder or is it kind of similar to how, well, you probably don't even know how it is in the States, but like, yeah, what's the, what's the process to actually develop a, a, a apartment building from scratch? Well, well, the good thing is 
regarding um, regarding the qualifying for property, the, uh, the qualification has no skin tone, right? That's the good news. Your accounts are your accounts. That's what yeah. anybody cares about. Mm. What's your p and saying? What's your balance sheet saying? And, and that's basically that. Um, you know, in terms of being real estate, anybody can do real estate, but unfortunately you kind of need capital if you want to be doing development and you will not get finance unless you, you have an element of money anyway, or you have businesses where your accounts can cash flow, what's called stress testing, you know, to make sure that if no revenue was generated in that property, can you maintain it? Can you maintain the, 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 the service, the debt level? Mm-hmm. So, so it, it is um, not the sort of thing you can do from stage one, you know, but anybody that, that's just getting into the game, you know, 20, 30, 40 grand, you can, you can start small and flip. You won't be able to remortgage, refinance on that type of deal and get your money back because there, there's not enough money in it to get back. Yeah. But you can still do flips, make a 10 or 12 or 15. You could do that, you know. What, what, what are some good areas to, that you can invest in in, in the greater London area? I know London is probably saturated. And it's- I, I, I think any area is a good area because it's what you pay for the property, right? If, I, if I've got a, a £20 million three-storey property in Hyde Park, but I can buy it for £17 million and it's going to cost me a million to, to refurb, then I'm going to buy it, refurb it, flip it. I can't remortgage that because I'm not going to, well, I can, but I'm not going to get my money back. I'll just flip that and make a two mil, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so that's how I would do that. Uh, um, what I would say is in terms of areas, to be more technical, areas that are on the up in terms of their um, the, the capital growth potential, most of the areas in London are done already. Uh, Edmonton is a ve- in North London. Is, I've got property there. That's a very, very good location because if you've got an area that's really really cheap but the but the but the area is right next to it is a lot more expensive mm. then you have a thing in property called the ripple effect mm. and and it's just a matter of years well, and this yeah. and this is without the regeneration process as well regeneration uh, potential when i say that i mean whether when the local borough council say we're going to put in 50 million regeneration into this area take that to one side because that's another way you can find out what areas have regeneration good area to buy but just from the ripple effect alone, like Tottenham, for example, used to be pretty run down. You know, it was known like Brixton. Mm. But now Tottenham is kind of being gentrified as well. Mm. They're building apartments everywhere that they can fit space. And the prices have gone, for example, a three-bedroom house in Tottenham 10 years ago would have cost you maybe 200 grand, 200,000 pounds, 250 maybe 10 years ago, right? Maybe 300 at a push. Now you're looking at 600, 650. That's crazy return, you know? And Edmonton is probably five years away from that. So I'm buying more in that area because it, it's the ripple. You had Highbury in Islington, then you had Tottenham. That was the ripple. And then next is Edmonton. Yeah. Are you with me? Then after that, it's Enfield and it goes out. But there's not many areas left. But I would say what you should do, again, a bit of advice to people, there's a website called Right Move that is our national website for property. You want to see a property value, go to Right Move. Right Move? Right Move, yeah. And then you go into that and it tells you all the properties that are for sale in the country. It's all on, it's all, it has to be on that website. And um, type in a bracket, say for example, 300,000 three bedroom house, in, and then put your parameters London. See what's for sale. Look at those areas. If there's only a couple of properties, that means that you know that's your barrier to entry for that price. So you want to get your, the property for as 
as low to that number as possible. So in two, three, four, five years, that 300 grand property is going to be worth 350. Sell the property. Make your 50,000 profit. Get your other deposit back. Now you're in the game. It's really, it's not that hard. Mm. Obviously, there's levels to this, but it's not that <laughs> hard. <laughs> but even the entry level, yeah. it's, it's not difficult. Yeah, that's yeah. a fact. So, I mean, that's extensive in the real estate side for a goal. I want to talk about the production side. Like, what's the goal? Because obviously, films is something that you're doing now, but as you make bigger films, the budgets get bigger. Absolutely. And so, we, you know, I want to talk about how we're going to finance that, but also maybe from getting shows that are put on TV, sitcoms and uh, licensing deals and syndication, like are there all these things in the plans for you? Absolutely. So, so I'm currently making my first movie at the moment, yeah. um, which is a, a psychological thriller called Forgive Me Father. Forgive Me Father? Forgive Me Father, yeah. Psychological thriller. Yeah, it's kind of like, I would say it's a psychological thriller slash, slash, slash movie. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so like um, I would say it's like Saw Meet Seven. Seven is one of my favorite movies. Bro, that's a film. Oh my God. The twist, right? Seven. Yeah, oh seven. That's yeah. a psychological Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so uh, obviously, like, not trying to... Uh, so it's like dark. Trying to, trying to set the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm it's like, like, you it's like seven. You that's the aim. <laughs> like, it's like a dark, a dark. Super, super dark, yeah. So um, that's currently in production. As we speak, we're on set. Um, yeah. We're in week three of a four-week schedule. Um, and we, we, we go to post next month or probably the end of beginning of April. And that's the, my, my, my first film, you know, and part of that movie has been shot at uh, my new, my new country location, you know? So that was, that's quite special because I've christened that location as for the first movie, one of many that will be shot in that, in that area, that uh, location. My movie is the first one. With the concept. Bro. So like that, <laughs> that's, that's quite special on a sentimental level, you know? That's quite special. So as far as the production, are you looking for, like, what's the process? You, somebody writes a script. Correct. Then they bring it to you. Yeah. I, 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 I would, we would purchase the script. You buy the script. We we'll buy the script so we can own the IP. So you own the IP. Absolutely. Uh, you have to own the IP. For me, for my model, yeah. <laughs> I'm already dealing with ownership. I only deal with only, ownership. There's only one way this is getting done. <laughs> <laughs> I only deal with ownership. So, um, yeah. so, uh, so you buy it and then... You hire a director. Correct. And then, of course, the actors and whatever. Yeah, and yeah. you just put the vision. So, put it together. so just, I, I'll, exec, I'll exec produce slash produce the movie. So like I'm oversee the situation. Absolutely. But you're not like hands on actually directing it. You don't no, tell no, you no. don't tell direct. You let the director do his thing. Of course. You just kind of give him something. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what I will do from a kind of overseeing eye is look at that budget make sure it's realistic. So I use my film experience. Is this realistic? What can I bring to the table? What value can I add? What lines can I bring in? Um, and just make sure everybody's happy from, from afar and know that our exit is, is in place, you know? So just, just what executive producers do, really. There you have it. This is dope. We yeah. definitely got to do something there, man, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I know two sure. guys. If you ever need, like, two yeah. leads in a movie. <laughs> but, um, what, are they, are they Pisces, yeah? Yeah, they're Pisces. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Nah, nah, nah. nah this, is, this, is, this is a good one, man. So what would you say, parting words, like, what would you what would you say to the to the young boy that's in East London or Brixton that has an idea, has a vision, but you know, still trying to put it together, hasn't really figured it out yet? Like what would what would your advice be be to them based on the stuff that the ups and downs, trials and tribulations that you went to? I would say keep experimenting. Because just because you don't know what you want to do isn't a bad thing. Because sometimes when you know what you 
don't want to do, that's also progress. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. So you can be doing something and thinking, ah, oh, this wasn't for me. That was, that was terrible. I don't know what I want to do. Well, okay, you don't know what you want to do, but you now, you now you know you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So you're closer to finding what you do want to do. So just staying with it and having faith and knowing that, you know, if you put out good energy nine times out of ten, yeah, good things will happen. Just be humble, be hardworking and have integrity, you know, because losing yourself is something that can happen very easily when you're chasing money or, 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 or you know, or your dreams and j- just staying true to yourself and believing in yourself because people will not always open the door for you. So you, it doesn't mean that you have no value. Yeah. So believe in yourself. That's where the value comes from. Let me ask you this, too, before we leave. We see a lot of U.K. actors, black U.K. actors. Of course, Idris Elba is probably the most famous one. But there's a lot of them that have gone to America and become like really big stars in America in Hollywood. Do you have your eyes set on Hollywood at all? Like, do you ever see yourself actually going to America and being in the Hollywood world? Um, Not particularly, because it's different for actors I'm behind the screen. I'm providing huge facilities. So a lot of American movies are shot here. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm waiting for Hollywood to come to me. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know? I like that. Come knock on the door. I like that. Come check your neighbor. I like and that. Tyler as well. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you Tyler, heard that. Tyler. You <laughs> the link up. Would you, would you ever be, I know you said you, 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 your model is own everything. Are you open to partnerships? Absolutely. For, yeah. if, 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 the, if the value add is there, if the partner um, um, uh, uh, adds value that I can't add, then it's, it's a match made in heaven, for sure. You know, so the right collaboration, of course. Yeah. So we could see, like, Medea takes London. Pardon? Medea takes London. You may be. This was a good one, man. I appreciate it. What would, what would be your last words? How, how can the people follow you? Um, I guess social media website, any new project, you talk about the movie, any other new projects that you have, anything that you want to make the people aware of? Uh, listen, man, like, as I said, we're open to all, all the companies are open to all you can find, Sydney House, East London Studios, Mastermind Media, our socials, we're there, we'll link you up with that. People can follow me on Instagram, really, that's, that's the best What's thing. your Instagram handle? Uh, it's um, Antoine Dixon Bellot, no, no, no hyphen. Okay. So Antoine yeah. Dixon Bellot, just that's it. All one word. All one word, no hyphen. And and people, if they want to like actually rent the facility, all the information is like on the website. Absolutely, What's yeah. What's the website? Everything's there. We've got um, cine-house.com for the rental company. We've got uh, East London Studios, all one word, dot com uh, for, for the uh, film studio and, and Cinescope Optics for the lens manufacturing company. Oh, oh. <laughs> Troy, housekeeping items? Yeah, Anton, this won't be the last time we see each other. Oh, I hope not, man. Hopefully not, pretty sure. I want want to thank you again. I want to thank um, our Tape London family for the hospitality. Oh, yeah, shout out to Tape London. It's been an amazing time here in London. Um, So shout out to y'all. Shout out to all the UK earners. Shout out to all the earners worldwide. We greatly appreciate y'all. Every time we go somewhere, it feels like home. So I know that has a lot to do with y'all. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to everybody that's supporting the most. Shout out to the team. Uh, We got the team here in London with us. Um, Mike, obviously. uh, Bam, Jamal. Yogi's here with us. And B, B's here behind the scenes shooting content for us. So shout out to everybody that, that made this a special one. And shout out to my boy's birthday yesterday, man. We went up again. This, yeah, this has been a legendary I don't party. think I've been out this much in my party. life. <laughs> London, London is definitely a party town. Um, once again, thank you to Ashley for actually making this shout connection. Out to and uh, super dope. I'm glad we got a chance to shoot content while we were out here because I think it's important for um, voices from all over the world to be heard. Because it's like we, we have a strong following in the U.K., but we just don't want to just have American-based content that they have to just listen to. 
We're going to have, you know, UK-based content as well. And the same with when we go to Nigeria or Jamaica or different parts of the world. So that's why every time we travel, we always try to, you know, connect. And just, you know, the power of relationships yeah. is extremely important. And I feel like we just have to do more cross-continental collaboration. And, um, you know, we have a lot more similarities than we have differences. And I feel like, you know, hopefully this will be an education for people in America as well that might not be fully educated or fully you know, aware of what's going on in the UK. I well, think everybody is like well, drinking that, tea and that, crumpets. That, that, I was about to say. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah they think everybody's drinking tea and crumpets. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just comes from a lack of education. Like, you yeah. know, so, so now hopefully, you know, they can start to see like, okay, yeah, they, just like me, just with a, a little different accent. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they say Q instead of line. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, I appreciate it, brother. Man, anything that we can do to help, you know, further, you know, Guys, honestly, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you. Super honor. I uh, love what you guys are doing. It's super amazing as well. Thank you. Um, and your platform's crazy. So, so, so happy to be here. Thank yeah. you, brother. Thank Appreciate you, brother. you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. We will see you next week. Peace. Peace. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details.